0: You're listening to Worktape, episode 46. Welcome to the Worktape Podcast. Your hosts, Mitchell Palmer and Isaac Grover. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, man.
1: Definitely glad to be back in this podcasting space after being gone so long. And the fact that I have been gone so long, I just feel like there's been so many things that that have continued to happen. Um, Music, as you know, is a space that seems to be just kind of ever-changing. And it's actually incredibly difficult to keep up with it in a lot of ways, just because um, there's so many things that are coming out. um, There's so much news being kind of um, down the pipeline. As a matter of fact, I just heard that Beyonce is coming out with another album. So, you know, that's something that was completely unbeknownst to me
0: until, uh, completely a- unbeknownst to you. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's, that's so good.
1: <laughs> very, very, very funny there.
0: Where's your lemonade? You're drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, not lemonade. <laughs>
1: But you know, I didn't even I didn't even know that, you know, she was coming out with a, a follow-up project until doing like research for this very podcast. I just was like looking at general music news and they said that she's coming out with some album called Renaissance or something. Okay. Personally, I'm I'm interested to see, um, or I'm interested to hear it rather, I guess, just because Beyonce in terms of the solo career has been kind of a bit hit and miss with me. Mm-hmm. I think that there's Definitely some classic material. I would say, you know, some of that stuff right after she left Destiny's Child, those first few albums, I think one of them being the, the Sasha Fierce one, which had just numerous hits on it. Um, I think those are, you know, modern day classics by a lot of standards. I thought Lemonade was a pretty like solid project. Honestly, it was the self-titled one as well as the joint album with Jay, which was like All Is Love or whatever. Um, It was kind of some of those ones where I was kind of a little hit and miss on. I think that sometimes the production doesn't live up to the talent that she has. Um, I think like on a good track, she's kind of almost like unbeatable on the right type of track, right production, right lyrics when everything is kind of on point. Um, It's really hard to surpass. But when the production is kind of maybe lacking or more of a phoned in kind of thing, then that's kind of where I have. So I'll be interested to see kind of where this album goes because she hasn't really put out a full album in years. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. Speaking of female artists, we touched on Taylor Swift last time around. We talked about how Taylor guitars us into Taylor Swift and talked about how she wasn't really doing many acoustic elements as
0: she used to, especially since she went pop. And then, of course, folklore. And I think what was the other album, Evermore? It was Evermore, by the way. I actually listened to Coney Island. And uh, yeah, y- yeah, you know, it had a, the, the textbook national vocals in it. And yeah, and I like national. National has influenced you know a decent amount of my songwriting not as much as interpol or the killers but mm-hmm. they've been a pretty big influence i mean i like the walkman you know stuff like that and wilco yeah but it was that what was it like a it wasn't a double album but they were both released the same year folklore first and then it was like yeah. a, you know it was kind of like a companion album it was almost like a pairing it was almost
1: kind of like what um mac miller did he did Swimming mm. and then they did circles, and then people said that you had to listen to kind of like both of them back to back,
0: like swimming in circles, like you know, folklore forevermore or whatever it is. Oh, she showed her back all right. I mean, she's wearing the plaid and everything, she's in, right in front of the woods. I mean, she's got the ponytail like a cowgirl. It was kind of weird because I felt like that kind of music kind of fit Taylor better than what got her the most popular, at least her biggest part of her career, even though what got her popular really was the older stuff. It's almost like a circling back or full circle.
1: Yeah, that's a very good like assessment on it. And a lot of people praised her for that. A lot of people praised her for these two albums because it was more stripped down. It was more acoustic. There were more, I don't know, earthy, organic-sounding elements, which to use that terminology, you know, that sounds like I'm describing like my coffee or something, Um, but I'm, you know, putting it in the music.
0: No, if Taylor ever developed into a Phoebe Bridgers or a Julian Baker, I mean, she would own it if she had done that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she technically was a pioneer to that. I mean, she was a pioneer to people like Casey Musgraves, right? I mean, she was a pioneer Mm -hmm. to a lot of these amazing more singer-songwriter folk artists, but... I can never ever. I mean, say what you want about "Lover" and all of the stuff before, but yeah. it fits like a glove with Taylor. Whenever it's just her, the acoustic guitar, maybe some violins, some piano, I love it. That's what I like yeah. the most. Well, I think it's just
1: like it's a very authentic sound. I think the difference between like this iteration of Taylor Swift and the pop era that really started with like "Red." And kind of went through 1989 and love and reputation and all that stuff. I think the big difference is a lot of people just found this sound that she's been doing um, and was doing previously in when she was a full-blown country artist to be just more authentic to who she is. I think a lot of people or a lot of people were under the assumption anyway that with the shift into you know pop music that it was done as kind of just a way to make money. And kind of as
0: a way to pander to a a different audience. And it wasn't like as authentic. I mean, it was a profitable hustle. I wasn't invested into it emotionally, but it definitely was a a wise business move.
1: Well, yeah. But I mean, think about like the same thing when Miley Cyrus went more like hip hop. And like the same thing, the Bangers album, the, the whole twerking era that she had. Like some people viewed
0: it the same way where it was... That was extremely
1: commercially successful for her as
0: well. She's a little bit of a flash in the pan when it came to that versus Taylor Swift. Um, she has better staying power, I think. Yeah, Swift had better
1: longevity. And maybe that yeah. is just due to the songwriting. Maybe the songwriting is just stronger on Swift's side and you know, with collaborations and all that. But then, of course, we talk about like a big thing in Taylor Swift's narrative is the fact that she had her masters bought out from underneath of her by Scooter Braun because of a bad deal i presume that she signed when she was 16 and so there's been this production shift too you know with this process of re-recording her her big albums i think she recorded re-recorded what fearless and red yeah and she actually re-recorded those albums with a similar aesthetic to these last two albums that she did like they're not as poppy Like even though the songs are very much pop and you very much know and love them, there's definite differences. Like I've listened to you know some of the tracks from Red, the new version, and then compared it to the old version, and it's a kind of night and day difference. A lot of people actually say that the
0: (laughs) the production on the other one was better. They say that. Let me let you in on the secret. What's that? I still haven't listened to Red. Either one. Nope. I've only listened to 89. I've listened to pretty much anything by her but Red. Oh. Well, then you'll have an interesting point of A-B comparison. I would say... (laughs) Everyone tells me it's an amazing album. I'm not saying it isn't. I just haven't checked it out yet.
1: I would say you need to listen to the original one first. The original one with its production and whatnot first. And then I would listen to the re-recording. She's like kind of claiming it, like taking it back, right? So to speak. Correct. Yeah, because her masters got bought out from by Scooter Braun, of all people. She decided like, yeah, um, I'm not taking that and uh, I'm going to re-record these songs. I wrote these songs. I'm going to re-record it and own the masters on those ones. And because she has enough of a fan base, um, she made Boku money off of this. So it wasn't even really like much of a loss to
0: re-record these songs for her at all. I think Taylor Swift fans are some of the most loyal I've come across. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. That's a connection between Taylor Swift and Beyonce
1: is that they both have like cult-like fan bases. Oh yeah, definitely. Where it's like, no matter what they put out, it's going to be hailed as, you know, a monumental like, it's like an event. You know what I mean? Like with the fan bases, it's more like an event. Kind of like when Adele finally put out her record. Yep. Yep. Like it was an event. Like it wasn't just like somebody just putting out another album. It was something a lot more
0: significant. Speaking of which, how did you feel about that Adele album, actually? It was... You know, I I guess I can't say I have any complaints about it. Okay. Personally, I guess she's continuing to push boundaries. But the way that she pushes boundaries, it's very incremental. Like, what she'll do is she will do really typical... Nothing like typical as in like the status quo pop stuff, but she definitely piggybacked off that... Um, I keep thinking Rebecca Black. Her name's not Rebecca... Oh, Amy Winehouse. I don't know why. I think it's because they both had dark hair. Oh, yeah, totally yeah, different sure. woman. Totally different age range. But... <laughs> yeah, right? To but Amy, Amy Winehouse... Right,
1: <laughs> <is Black. laughs> totally but different. You're, yeah, you're probably thinking back to Black. Like, Amy Winehouse's album was back to Black. You're probably...
0: No, black. no, I'm actually... Yeah. Maybe I am, but I think... Anyway, you know, Amy Winehouse isn't around anymore. 21 wasn't a bad record. It was a good record. I just kind of felt like, you know, she's really picky backing off. She's doing what Amy Winehouse is doing, which is literally what, you know, just reviving an older sound, which she's good at it. And so I think what happened in 2015 when she released, uh, it's, which album was that in 2015? That was 25. 25. Okay. 25, yes. Oh, yeah. I remember Hello as part of that 2015 record too. I don't know. Yes. I can't. Yeah, on 25, you're right. So yes. right. I liked that record because she was, I think she was pushing things more. And that was cool. That, that to me is probably my favorite Adele LP. But then you kind of have an album like 30. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good production, but it's just, yeah, with 30, I just felt like there were a few interesting tracks, but she doesn't tend to wow me, I think the best thing about her is she does come across a lot classier. You know, she doesn't... She's she's someone who can get under the radar with someone's kids because she doesn't, like, dress half-naked. You know, so anyone's parents would be like, oh, I like Adele because she doesn't do that. It says nothing about the person, but at least yeah. she appears to be family-friendly. And so I think she has mass appeal because of her classiness, but also the fact that she's an amazing singer. Yes. She's really respectable. She doesn't seem to get too much in drama. I mean, she'll speak her mind, Mm. but she doesn't seem to have a lot of controversy surrounding her. And I think that's why she has lasted as an artist. Sure. It's funny that you bring up controversy
1: because there actually was... There was a little bit in regards to the cancellation of a bunch of shows in Vegas. She was slated to have a big residency in Vegas at...
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: At Caesars Palace, um, where she was going to play for, I think, multiple months. Um, It was like a multi-month residency, like millions of
0: dollars um, in the production. And she canceled it 24 hours before the first show was I remember that, actually. You're right. Okay, so... I'll put it this way. I do believe that there have been more controversial things happening in the artist realm. And I feel oh, like that absolutely. wasn't that was not enough to cancel her. Oh, no, 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 no. That's kind of what I meant. So when I say controversy, I mean the stuff that has gotten people like canceled. Yeah, no, it's not. A, it's not like Marilyn Manson, dude, or something like. No.
1: One of those or or the baby, or. You know, Kanye, kind
0: of- Kanye has been more polarizing than she has been. So, oh yeah, but it, but back to but I mean back to cult
1: like fan bases. That's why Kanye's endured too, because yeah, the, the fan base is so strong and dedicated that you know he'll they'll put up with just about anything that he does. I mean, really, but you know he could you know do some really just crazy level something, and then they're like, but the music's good though. Like, I'm going to, like, you know, <laughs> what about the music, bro? He made College Dropout, man. Like, I can never hate him for that, you know, like, that kind of thing. Like, I don't know if they actually sound like that, but, you know, they'll they'll put up with just about anything. And, I mean, actually, that brings me to a really good point, which is, or what I was about ready to touch on, which is uh, the rollout of his last album, Donda Part 2, and the fact that he decided to release it exclusively on, his own proprietary streaming player, he charged people $200 for honestly what was like a half-baked album on the streaming player, which the fact that someone would pay $200 for a half-baked album from Kanye is kind of mind-boggling. But once again, it goes back to the dedication of, of his fan base. And then also, by doing that, his album was like technically ineligible for... The billboard charts because it wasn't released on enough platforms it wasn't released enough everywhere now apparently talking about great business moves apparently that was a great business move from yay as he likes to be called now because he's legally changed his name to yay um once again Yay! Yeah. crazy you know what you know i Minus the Scientology, Kanye West is the Tom Cruise of the music industry. You want a hot take? You want a hot take? Minus the
0: Scientology. If Kanye got into Scientology, he would be the Tom Cruise. Of You're the music right. Industry. Why don't we? Let's. This is too good. Let's put this into the next one, man. All right. <laughs> you take it out of here. All right. So once
1: again, <laughs> that's been another edition of Worktape Podcast. <laughs> It's your boy, Mitchell Palmer.
0: We got Isaac Grover. We're really getting into it now. So, I mean... Oh, we're getting into it. You don't want to miss episode 46. Or is it... Wait, is it episode 47, actually? 47. There you go. 47. Peace out. (laughs) All right. Well...